Welcome to another episode of Green with Envy. I'm your host, Greg Menegas, and I'm joined by my co-host and my best friend since I was two years old, Will Weir, take two. What's good, homie? What up, what up, what up, man? Had a little uh, audio difficulties here to start the podcast today. So, like my man said, this is take two of Green with Envy for Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, and I don't think people need to hear us talking about how, how weak our bodies are for a second straight week. Uh, <laughs> so I, I just wanted to uh, let you know, man, I am so excited to hear this news about the vaccine. Uh, I was out yesterday a little bit, full disclosure. I went out with um, Danielle, her best friend Anna, and her other best friend Kristen, and their boyfriends. So we were out a little bit in Austin yesterday. Um, we went to uh, Little Woodrow's to watch the BC game uh, against Syracuse where they got 50-pieced. So, <laughs> um, but I had a good time being out. Um, and, I, you know, everyone was being safe, wearing masks and all that on our own little table. But when I got the news of the vaccine, man, I was so excited. I am so ready to get back to a normal life. Yeah, just even the idea that, you know, this vaccine being possible now and being rolled out and the fact that, you know, and we were talking about this last night, I was with uh, with our friends Ted and Becca playing a little Settlers of Catan, shout Let's out go. to Settlers of Catan again, I know Grant Williams, I know that's your game, you've been getting the rooks on it, come get some, I will take your resources, <laughs> um, but we were talking a little bit about that and it's just like the idea that by, you know, maybe sometime in the spring or early summer that like what we know to be life and just experiencing the world could look somewhat similar again is the most intoxicating news i've heard in so long and gives it just it just gives you a different energy heading into 2021 oh for sure man and yesterday just like being out with uh with that crew uh i was i was pumped because you know i'm I, I got my crew, like you're my crew, Ted's my crew, and you know, all the people down here in Austin. But you know, now that I'm dating Danielle, I haven't really had an opportunity to like hang out with her and her friends and like that whole, you know, couples thing. Um, but it was super fun though, because I'm hanging out with uh, Anna's boyfriend who played uh, D1 ball at uh, New Mexico. So he played for New Mexico when they made their run in the tournament. Uh, he played with like Tony Snell and people like that. His name's AJ Hardiman. But I was, you know, hanging out with him. He's like six eight, uh, and then I'm hanging out with th this uh, this dude Pat, who is like basically could be like an Instagram model. Um, <laughs> dude's just like a super good looking dude. So we're, you know, the three of us just hanging out, having beers at the bar as the girls are doing their thing. And I was like, man, this. I feel like if, if people were looking at us right now, I'd be like, who are these? Who are these three famous people over here just hanging? <laughs> so it was a good time. It, it sounds like if we got to rank them three to one. Uh, you know, just I'm, just based I'm off your I'm coming in three. I'm coming in at number three. Okay, okay. Self awareness is a very key <laughs> trait to have. So I like I like to check in with you every once in a while to make sure that that we still got a hold of it. <laughs> I don't know, bro. My I, I've been growing my hair out a little bit. I feel like the hair is looking pretty good right now. I've seen that, man. You got a little doubt now. This is coming from a guy who obviously you know doesn't doesn't know much about the hair department. Do you have going on what I believe is called a quaff? Am I using that correctly or even saying it correctly? Um, I, yeah, I, th I think it's like a light quaff, you know. Um, t today, it's like, I didn't, full disclosure, I did not shower today. Um, so I think I still got some I hair didn't either. I, I can't judge. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I woke up. I watched SNL and ate breakfast. I haven't, I haven't done shit. Okay. All right. That's fair. But I, I still have, like, the, the residue of the product in my hair from yesterday. Right? So, like, before I went to bed, I just put a little water in it, combed it, and I woke up, and it just looks great. I feel like Joe Higgins. Shout out to our guy Joe. <laughs> like every day, that that dude's hair just looks perfect. Um, so I don't know, man. Like I, f I feel like if if you just took me on Zooms and you put me next to Hardiman and Pat, I feel like I could hold my own. But yesterday they they were definitely bringing bringing it. I, well, I was, well, I was more, well, more important than the attractiveness of uh, of these other gentlemen is yeah. a guy you said is six eight, played D one ball. When's he coming to hoop with us? Once we get this vaccine, once we get back in these streets, once we get back in these gyms, when's our guy coming to ball Bro, so we get in the league and run some ATX? Already, I already started the recruiting process. It's going down. Um, yesterday, it was more like the could I score on him in a game of one-on-one -on -one conversation happening. But oh, you he, mean the, the Tiago splitter conversation? Yeah, the Tiago splitter conversation. But he said, he said, he was like, He's like, I'm out of shape, so I'll give you maybe four buckets max, four buckets max. So I was like, man, I was going to say one because uh, <laughs> he said that. So this dude averaged 38 a game in high school, right, goes to New Mexico, um, 
so he got recruited to play for Bobby Knight. And then but that was the year Bobby Knight uh, either retired or moved on to a different school. So he ended up going to play for Steve Alford at New Mexico because of the okay. Alford Knight connections. Um, so he he goes to New Mexico, and apparently a dude goes from averaging 38 a game in high school to being asked to be a role player in college. And uh, just uh, he said he was like the team's defensive ace, and that was his role in college. And he always wanted – he was like, yo, give me the ball. Like, let me go to work. Um Claims. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how true this is. Claims. And maybe I'm, I'm sure a quick Google search could tell if this is fact or fiction. But that he was in some first round draft boards his sophomore year, and apparently wasn't informed or you know wasn't informed as much as he should have been about his prospects and like looking to hire an agent or anything like that. Um, so he said he like really dropped the ball on on potentially being able to make it to the league. But he said he played in the CBA in China and, you know, played ball up until a couple of years ago. So he had a solid, like, decade where he was he was hooping professionally. Yeah, that's fascinating on so many levels. And it, it touches on, like, a couple things that I feel like I think about a lot, especially, you know, where we're doing our Green 18 series and we're breaking down the top five guys at, at each position in the NBA. We're talking about the ones that didn't make it. And we're, you know, talking about these tweaks. And when you take it all the way back to, like you said, for, for this guy, Pat, like, in high school, he's dropping 38 a game. Yeah, so hey, about... This is AJ. Pat, Pat's the oh, AJ. Pat's a little the little white IG model looking dude. Okay, got you. Okay, <laughs> my apologies, AJ. Uh, so this dude's dropping thirty eight in high school, and then he becomes kind of a role player in college. And I always think about that progression. There's you know there's the the LeBrons are you know one of ones that are the number one guy from the moment that they touch a basketball to the time that he stops touching the basketball, he'll be the number one guy. Then you've got these dudes that are, you know, at the top of their game in high school, 38, the number one guy. Some will translate to that number one guy in college. Others start to assume different roles and you start to have this separation. And then that also continues on to the pros where you look at a lot of these guys that were, you know, I don't know if this is the best example, but like a guy like J.J. Redick where he won, you know, AP All-American twice, you know, essentially the MVP of the NCAA two different years. He's really made his role as a specialized role player in the NBA where he's been that number one option for all of his career. So I always think it's interesting to talk about people that have had to make that transition from a mentality standpoint mm -hmm. of how you go from, you know, number one all of this time and like not just number one, but like stud motherfuckers that are out here dropping buckets to then go into like that defensive ace type role. So I would love to pick that dude's brings. I always think that's fascinating every time yeah. we're talking about one of these dudes and you know, we're doing it within a certain context because all these dudes would get buckets on anybody that we're playing at, you know, 24 hour. Oh, and hey, 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 listen, that dude's going to give, all all the dudes buckets when he's on our when he's on our next team man we're gonna win the next league that we play I, I know that even if he comes down to a tuesday night run man we're getting on aj's team and we're running court but you know what it's still gonna be because of us <laughs> yeah <laughs> they gotta break up the greg and will backcourt don't don't matter about no six eight potential nba player played in china you gotta break up the backcourt for sure for sure uh yeah man but it, it was it was a really cool time um apparently his girlfriend anna who's danielle's best friend loves settles of Catan too so maybe we can shout uh, out my guy you know, c continue the recruiting process you can make your own pitch uh if, if we bring him to a settles of Catan night and uh we can definitely you know once the vaccine's ready we'll be hooping again before you know it hey man vaccines here we'll get some some settlers of Catan and ball we got actual NBA basketball that's back. So, you know, just sticking with that theme of, of you know, rejuvenation to a certain degree here with the, the vaccination and looking ahead to just fucking being, being done with 2020 and, and kind yeah. of moving on. 2021 NBA season is upon us Let's this go. week. We had actual games, and like the true sickos and fiends that we are, we tuned into preseason basketball. We started checking it out. We got the Celtics coming up here. Before we get to the Celtics, I know, because like I said, we're both sickos, and so you and I were yeah. texting, making sure we had our lead pass set up. Uh, anything that, you know, I didn't watch a ton of the games. I've mostly watched highlights in a few minutes here and there, but mm -hmm. anything from the first two days of NBA being a officially NBA teams being officially back in the court that jumped out at you yeah so I was kind of just jumping around uh, watching different games I wanted to watch a little bit of the Hawks game just to see how that new roster would kind of play together they didn't look good for sure um, they're gonna have they're they're gonna have a steep learning curve because Trey Young 
he he looked lost in his new role of like trying to be more of a distributor. Yeah, I think he only made like two buckets or something like that. Um, but the, I, I think they they're deep, man. They got a lot of talent. Cam Reddish looked good. Another guy that I, I was a big fan of when he was at Duke. I hope that he ends up having a good sophomore. He's year, always looks smooth, man. I I just can't mm-hmm. get like Cam looks like he should be better too like, smooth for his own good though yeah it's it's every time i watch it and then he'll have like i remember i think it was when he was at duke he hit a game-winning shot against mm-hmm. florida state and it was like the be- yep. he dropped like 30 points that game it was the best game he played yep. by far in college i was just like oh shit i get why people like cam yeah Reddish. for sure but it then it just didn't always show up but yeah he, he certainly looks the part yeah um and then i watched a little bit of the knicks game saw a little bit of Ob- uh was it obi is his name Obi? Yeah, how, how was Obi, Obi looking? You know, I, I, a lot of people compared him to to Amari offensively, worried about his mm-hmm. defense, but athletically and kind of some of his his offensive yeah. traits were Amari comparison. So curious he to know what moves, he looked like. He moves a lot like Amari. Um, also kind of reminded me of like a just like the way like the way that his body he's like super lanky and shit like that. Um, also kind of looked like a much larger Leandro Barbosa, just like the way that he moves. I'm not Brazilian comparing Brazilian blur, very, baby. Yeah. That's my brother. <laughs> Shout out to the Brazilian blur. Uh, but he, you know, he looked all right. Um, a little bit, you know, a, a little slow at times. Like he was very deliberate with the moves that he was making. Almost almost as if like the moves were predetermined. He had uh, one or two moves that looked like he reacted in the moment in a good way and used his instincts. He had one really nice move uh, down on the baseline where he spun baseline, shot fake, stepped through for a layup. With, I, th- I think maybe even been his first or second bucket. Uh, he, he looked good. Um, I didn't really get to see enough of RJ. They were playing, I think, Alfred Payton. Yeah, dude. So yes, I checked it in that game for a minute, and I couldn't. I was looking for like the weekend haircut that Alfred yep. Payton used to have, and mm-hmm. so I saw Alfred run. And I, I for a couple times, I think I thought he was RJ until he shot, and I think Alfred's. Yeah, uh, same because they were both wearing the the orange armband. Yeah, and I think one's six and one's nine, so it was yeah. super confusing. And yep. I was like, because I was, because that's the only reason I really tuned in was Obi and. Uh, and RJ's, I wanted to see what they look like. I just checked it out for a couple minutes, but I kept getting really confused by Alfred Payton not having that hair. Same. But um, yeah, I think it's, I think the you know that's really if you're a Knicks fan, that's that's your hope for the season. Just keep your eyes on Obi, keep your eyes on RJ, and keep your eyes on Mitchell. That's, they did, but they didn't they start Mitchell for. Robinson. Uh, I don't. I think I they started. I think they started Nerland. Knicks going Nick, man. We'll see. Maybe there was preseason. You know, maybe there's there's more yeah. to it. That, yeah. that we don't know. But let's transition that into the Celtics, who have started training camp. Their preseason is going to start this week. We got two games. And so this is just a real quick side note. I was looking through it this morning. Super weird. We have two preseason games. Other NBA teams have three. Other NBA teams have four. Mm. Don't really understand that. I in a you know, even as I speak it out loud, I don't really understand if that's a, a benefit or if that hurts certain teams. You know, I don't really know where that falls, but just a weird anomaly that I just wanted to throw out there that I noticed this morning. Okay. Um, but with training camp, a couple of quick notes from the Celtics. Looks like Tristan Thompson likely to miss the opener. Definitely going to miss these two preseason games that we have coming up versus yep. Philly and versus, uh, and versus Brooklyn. So he'll be out. Um but looking ahead to these two games, give me the one big thing that you're looking to watch for this week as we take on these these first couple this first look at the 2021 Celtics. Okay, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the Williams brothers. Have they developed? Um, you know, Grant really started to show signs of offensive development. Grant's gonna be a great defender for his entire career, but it, Grant's not gonna see the floor unless he develops that outside shot. Um, so I, I want to see if he's just more confident taking the shot and if he um, is looking for that shot a little bit more and, and, and recognizing opportunities for it. Uh, and he, lot, he looked better in the bubble on that real quick. Just definitely. His, just his shot and his confidence. And I know he his minutes were a little bit you know up and down. Definitely he was out of the, the young guys, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Brad, you can tell Brad definitely trusted him a little bit more in – you know, you and I have talked about this, should have trusted him more come, you know, game six against the Heat um, to stay in that game. But, yeah, but I think that's that's a good call there to, to see the progression of that. 
Yeah, and you know, Grant Williams, uh, speaking, shout out back to the Knicks, but he was our one Julius Randle stopper. You know, Julius Randle's one of those guys that always kills the Celtics because we don't have anyone that can bang with them. And finally this year, we had someone that we could throw on him. Just like, you know, we should have kept Grant Williams on Bam Adebayo down the stretch in that game. We put Tice on him, and Tice just got dominated. Mm-hmm. I, hate, I still think about that sequence, man. It kills me. Um, but with Lob, um, which a lot of Celtics fans call Time Lord. I don't know why, but they do. Uh, with Lob wait, Williams. Wait, do you actually not know why he's called Time Lord? No, I just I just hate the fact that. You just that don't like call, it? I hate it, man. I, I I really want everyone to call him Lob Williams. I think it's a better name. Uh, <laughs> I, li- I like both. I like both of them. So yeah. I can go with either one, but continue with, the, with Lob Williams. Yeah, with Lob, I, I think that he's you know saying all the right things in training camp thus far, saying that he's expecting that big year for himself. And, um, you know, with Tristan being out early in the year, I think it's important that Brad gives him every opportunity possible to be successful and to learn more on the defensive end. Um, you know, he just doesn't really understand the angles of pick and roll defense right now. And he just gets, you know, he's so out of place. He's too high in his stance. Um, I don't know if Stevens has to scheme a different scheme for him or if he has to learn Steven's scheme better. But right now, you know, he, he's just not consistent enough on defense for Stevens to trust him. Very similar to Jalen Brown early in his career. That first first or second year, like Jalen's minutes were so inconsistent and he would just make these very like basic he would miss these basic rotations and Stevens was just like, Nope, you're out. Not quick you're out. Trigger. He did, he, quick yeah, such a quick trigger. And I wish he would let these guys just learn more on the court, especially in the games that don't matter early in the year. How about you? Well I think that's actually a great transition because I don't think at a certain you know the way that this year is setting up to start with Kemba out, Romeo out, maybe Tristan Thompson out for at least a, a little bit to start is he's going to have to play a lot of these young guys. So, yeah. you know, similar to, to what you're saying, the thing I'm looking for is I got to see what what these young guys are bringing to the table right now and what we can project maybe they're bringing mm-hmm. down the line. So between Pritchard, Neesmith, Carson Edwards, what's he bringing? Tremont Waters, what's he bringing? I mean, if you look at our bench and you take away – Teague and Thompson, who, you know, they'll, they'll probably float in and out of the starting lineup depending on, you know, different circumstances. The rest of our bench is primarily 25 years old and younger, or at least three years of NBA service or less. So it's essentially a daycare center with all these young pups that we got to figure out, you know, what they're going to be and, and, you know, how they're going to contribute when it comes to this team. And I think that's going to be really important for, you know, that trade exception that we got from the Gordon Hayward trade. So the big things about that trade exception is that, number one, it's only good for a year. And, you know, just because we have the ability to fill that space doesn't mean we're going to get this amazing player. It's probably going to be somebody that's, you know, quote unquote, damaged goods in in one way or another, whether that's an overinflated contract or, you know, they're they haven't worked out in a in a certain situation. Um, but anyone that has, and the more that that value increases, we'll have to add in a pick to it or something to, to make it valuable for, for that team to unload that contract. But where we want that player to fit in is going to depend a lot on can Neesmith be somebody that can play on the floor, can hang on the floor, can make shots for you right away. Is Pritchard able to take some of the minutes handling the basketball? Where's, you know, and then even from the Jeff Teague standpoint, who is T- Jeff Teague right now? You know, for you and I, I think we feel like it's definitely an upgrade over Brad Wanamaker just from the sense of, of what T can bring in the, the higher ceiling that is available. But he's 32. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's older. He's been around. You know, it's, it's going to be big to see where he's at. And that Kemba knee injury is going to be lingering over this whole situation. So I think to find out who's going to be able to actually make contributions from that guard and wing spot specifically from those young guys is going to help determine where Danny needs to look to make those midseason upgrades. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. And I was actually, I think it was on the Zach Lowe podcast when they were talking about uh, the Celtics, he was breaking down um, with three different people, like, in, you know, Eastern conference contenders or whatever. And they were looking at the Wanamaker to Teague, um, change as something negative for the Celtics. I was I, shocked I heard that. at that. Like, I know Wanamaker, you know, he's rock solid and everything, but he's average Brad. You know, you know, yeah. that that's what you know what you're going to get out of Wanamaker, and you're never going to get anything other than, like, max 10 points, you know, four rebounds, three assists, and, like, a couple mm-hmm. of char- charges taken in a steal, which is great production for your backup point guard, 
But, you know, especially in this season with Kemba being out, like if you expected Wanamaker going and start at point guard, this, the ceiling for the team wasn't very high, in my opinion. Teague, you know, although he might not be a better backup point guard is definitely a better replacement for Kemba in the short term if that's the way Stevens decides to go. Um, I, I know Teague struggled a little bit uh, in Atlanta when he was backing up Trey Young uh, mm-hmm. this year. So, you know, there are, there is some cause for concern with Teague. So, I you know, I, I think he's more of someone that's going to provide that depth. Um, and, you know, he, he'll, he'll definitely be on a game-to-game basis probably a little bit less consistent than Wanamaker mm-hmm. was. Um and he, he's not as versatile on the defensive end. But I, w- I was surprised to hear that. And also, with these young guys you're talking about, speaking of young guys, bro, uh, Desmond Bain looked pretty good last I, night. For, I, did, I know uh, I saw some people checking him out on Twitter last night, but I didn't I didn't have a chance to, to check him out. But that was our pick at 30. I know, that we, man. That we flipped to the Grizzlies. I, 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 I didn't get it in the moment. Like, I know we don't want to bring in three rookies. That's a lot of rookies to bring mm-hmm. in. But, like, we're going to keep semi over over this rookie who like might be just an, a better semi you know like why why Ojale not factory never closes like, yeah Ojale has zero you know um value around the league like no one's trading for semi but like desmond bain maybe he has an amazing rookie year people already like after his you know overreaction faction people like oh like desmond bain rookie of the year let's go um <laughs> but like if that's there's a lot of pressure on neesmith now because Bain, you know, a, a lot of Celtics fans wanted Bain. They didn't want Neesmith. So if Bain has a better rookie season for the Grizzlies and we're sitting looking at Neesmith, like what, why, why did we take this guy at 14 when we could have got the same value at 30 with Bain? You know, so I think yeah. that's really important. And, and I think with Neesmith, it's, and, and I don't know if you've seen the same thing around Celtics Twitter. I feel like the expectations of him from Celtics Twitter. So obviously not, yeah. not everyone in the know. Yeah. It um, could be, it could be an eight year old, like just regurgitating. Exactly. Stuff he's exactly. He's choking down a Bud Light and giving his opinion on Twitter. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I feel like it's kind of all over the place. Like I've seen in some areas of Celtics Twitter where people are like, we're going to be okay. Neesmith's going to be, you know, in the starting lineup by the end of the year, or he's going to be the sixth man. And I'm like, that's a super lofty expectations to have for a mm-hmm. guy that at least from what you read and everyone that I've, I've heard discuss him. Yeah. And, and even Jason Tatum commented this week that Neesmith can really shoot it, which is encouraging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously he's going to hype his teammate up. So it's just encouraging that he did, you know, wouldn't ever come out and say the opposite or he actually took the option to go ahead and you know give his guy some confidence but you know the Neesmith expectations I think need to be a little bit tempered and that's why this early part of the season he's probably gonna have to play more than Stevens likes and just like you were saying how he's had that quick trigger when it comes to Time Lord and it came to JB early in his career he may have to have a longer leash out of necessity just Mm -hmm. because right now we don't have that great depth you know what I mean Ojale is gonna play more than than we really would like to see Mm -hmm. but it's because he's one of the few veterans that we have I think we're probably gonna see more Javante Green than we really expected um just because he's familiar with you know the team he's familiar with everything that's you know he's been here for a year um and we and you saw moments where Javante can certainly contribute especially during the regular season where it's just so long but you're gonna have to find out pretty quickly where Neesmith is at and if he's a guy that can help you this year or if he's that long-term project that that you're looking to develop and whether Pritchard Waters or Edwards can come on that second unit and be any type of of difference maker yeah, and, uh, you know, all the stuff on Peyton Pritchard coming out of camps is like that dude's balling out right now. I know he just dislocated a finger yesterday, I think, in camp. Apparently he hopped right back in, though. That was the the story that he, he po- popped it out and then was telling Stevens he wanted to go back in. I think – I can't remember the exact quote, but I think Stevens called him a tough little guy. <laughs> hey, Celtics needed another tough little guy. We haven't had a tough little guy in a while. No, it's been, I like It's been it, a couple of years. But it will, be, it will be interesting to see what we got this week. So we'll report back next week after we have a chance to take a look at it. Um, we'll, we'll dig in, see what, see what parts uh, you know, we can take away from, from this upcoming week. But it's exciting, man. Got the Celtics back in action. That's yep. coming this week, coming right now. We're going to go to part three of our Green 18 series. This time, we're moving on to the small forwards. As a reminder... Uh, a lot of these positions may overlap, so some of the positions, some of the players that Coach Greg may have put in his shooting guards, I may have in my small forwards or power forwards, and vice versa. There's a lot of pol- positional um, variety, so we can only put each player in one category. So this is going to be our small forwards. We're going to do it five to one, 
I believe you started last time. So I yeah, think so I think it's, it's my on, turn to it's start. It's on you, right? big guy. Let's go. Who you got? All right. So starting at number five. This one, and so I'll be honest, when I, when I looked at this position, at least the way that I did it, and I told you before, I've been using the ESPN.com depth chart as kind of a guide for, for what I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. There was really only six players that I had to, to really parse out to see where where I was going to put them. Okay. And this is one of the ones where it was hard for me to make a decision. Number five, I went with TJ All-Bubble Warren. So TJ Warren, Indiana Pacers, averages 20 points a game. Uh, over the last two years, has shot over 40% from three, only about three and a half three-pointers per game. Um, but still, he was shooting below 25% his first couple years in the league. So that's a huge improvement. Uh, TJ Warren's a guy that, you know, he's a bucket getter. He's a guy that's, that you're going to be able to get buckets for you on your first unit. He can run your second unit as far as from a, a primary scoring capacity. You know, there's a reason that that was one of the guys that, you know, Danny Ainge supposedly targeted when they were trying to work on that sign and trade for Hayward to go to Indiana. You know, TJ's a guy that would be an awesome fit for this for this Celtics team where, you know, scoring, especially without Kemba, it's going to be, you know, where's it coming from once you get past JB and J? How much are you going to have, you know, from Teague, Smart, and, you know, the other places that it's going to come from? TJ would be a huge asset. So, I debated between him and OG and Anobi, who I walked away from the bubble really liking. He really impressed me in that Celtic series. His defense, uh, he can, you know, classic three and D type guy. Um, I struggle with who I wanted to lean for as the more offensive minded player, the more defensive player. I went with TJ. Wouldn't be surprised if I felt it was flipped later on in the year, but TJ Warren's my number five. Okay. And, you know, we, we probably should have just like both established we were going to be looking at the ESPN rankings. Um, but I don't even know if this guy is going to be considered a small forward or power forward because of all, all a, the, you know, like the, the as happens. I referred to it last year, that obsolescence of, of positional basketball. Um, good word. So, good word. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering what you're thinking here, man, of the guy that I'm about to put at number five, because I almost left him off my list. Um, as a small forward, and in in my opinion, he's way better than your number five. Uh, so th- that's Pascal Siakam. Uh, so I got Pascal Siakam. Wow. Okay. As as a small forward, do you have him as a power forward? I have him as a power forward. I have I have okay. OG as their as their starting small forward, and then Pascal as their starting power forward. Okay. So um, you know, Pascal, I believe he was second team All NBA this year. Yeah, which is why five is damn. I'm I'm very curious to see what the rest of your list is if you got Pascal at number five. I almost left him off the list, bro. Um, but I wasn't about to put Tobias Harris on, and I'll damn sure tell you that. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, dude, his performance in the bubble just like it took him all the way down to number five for me. Um Bad bubble. I, I'll give you that. Bad bubble. Terrible bubble, man. I, I was I mean, if anybody was listening to, you know, to the pods that I was doing by myself before, like you, you were coming on every week with me. I was, I was arguing that he should have been benched during that series, man. I, I thought he was their worst player consistently. Like he was still playing solid defense. So you got to give him that. But I mean, that dude could not buy a bucket. And it, you know, he, he's one of those guys where, you know, he was a G League guy, and then all of a sudden, like people are talking about him, like he's so underrated, he's so underrated, and then everyone's like, "Oh, he's gonna be the heir apparent to Kawhi when Kawhi leaves," and then you know he has a great beginning of last year, and then you know he comes back down to earth a little bit, and then maybe he played below what he's actually capable of in the bubble, but he was terrible in the bubble, man. He was their worst player on the floor. I almost put Gordon Hayward at, at number five over him, to be honest with you, because I think Gordon's going to ball out. But I was just thinking, you know, the point of this banner 18, green 18 thing is all about like the players that could get in the way of the Celtics getting that that title, right? So I was like, you know what, Gordon Hayward's not going to make a, a difference in that. You know, Aside from the fact he, if he was on the Celtics, I think we would have a better chance of getting that banner. Um, so that's why I put Pascal at number five, man. I'm, I'm super low on Pascal right now. Damn, I, I'll be honest. I think that's I, I'm well. I got to see who else. I guess you classified as your as your small forwards, but that feels viciously low for a guy that was that was second team All NBA. And I know he had a bad bubble. He definitely had a bad bubble and and, and left with a with a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a big year. And we we kind of touched on this at a on, on an earlier pod that you know I think this is a big year where you have to figure out you know. Who is Pascal for the for the Raptors going yeah. forward? Is is he a guy that's your number two and you're still looking for your number one? 
because you know you saw him with Kawhi and and, and Lowry's really the two, but you know Siakam, you know he had a he had a pretty good finals against the against the Warriors two years ago, and like you said, he's very good on defense, even if his offense isn't where it needs to be, and, and maybe he's that second guy, but we'll see where he's at this year. Big year for Siakam and the mm-hmm. Raptors to kind of figure out, you know, where are they when it comes to the future and the current state of their roster. Lowry's an expiring contract. So that's just something to, to keep an eye on for them as another contender in the East. For now, let's go to number four. We're going to snake it back. Who you got at, at number four? All right. I got uh, the Celtics killer, Chris Middleton. Um, so I, I got him listed as a small forward. I don't know about you. Uh, he might be too low on this list considering the damage he does against the seas on both ends of the floor. I think his defense is probably – the, the part that, you know, is, is more important than what he brings offensively um, in terms of matching up against the Celtics. I think he does a really good job guarding our wings. Um, but I think that this year, you know, with Drew in Milwaukee now, I think Middleton slides into the perfect slot on the roster in the pecking order for the Bucks. I don't think Middleton's a two. I think Middleton's a three in terms of like third third best on the team, mm-hmm. third most important guy. Um, so I don't think any team with Middleton as a number two, despite how good your best player is, really has the ceiling of being a championship team. Um, but with him at number three, I think that they have a better chance of doing this right now. Um, so, you know, he's, he's a nice player who does well in certain matchups and dominates against the Celtics. Um, but, you know, Kills to me, he always needed to be one more level above – his ceiling to impact a ring. And I think if you slide him into this more realistic expectation as the third best guy on the team, Chris Middleton's going to really, really make a difference this year. Yeah, I, I do have Middleton on my list as well. So I'll, I'll talk a little bit about him him later. But, you know, I do think you're totally right in the aspect. I think Middleton is, you know, if you're looking at guys that can be your number one, ideal number twos, he would be the very top of that thir- of that who do I want to be that third guy, mm-hmm. you know, everything that he brings. And I'll, I'll get into him a, a little bit later, you know, okay. with because he's going to be on my list here. But yeah, big Middleton fan. And you, like you said, Against the Celtics, he'd be first team All NBA maybe, because <laughs> I feel like <laughs> yeah. every time we play him, he always has an answer for everything that we do. We focus on Giannis so much, and he steps up. But all right, for me at number four, I'm going to our old friend. You already mentioned him, Gordon Hayward. He's number four on my small forwards okay. list. All right, Hayward's our guy, man. I mean, he just like we, we don't need to get too much into this because we've talked about it before. It was a big off season losing him, and you know, there's a whole debate right now on Celtic Twitter. Did we lose him for nothing? You know, we got the trade exception, but it really, you know, for me, it's inconclusive until we find out what Danny Ainge does with it or is able to do with it. Um, from that, we can't really grade fully Danny's, you know, handling of the of the Hayward situation. But Gordon Hayward himself, super versatile really going to miss his ability to run that second unit to be a secondary or even a primary ball handler for us, take the pressure off of Tatum, Kemba, Marcus. Uh, and he's six eight. He's so long, and he's a super smart basketball player. This is IQ. And, you know, we talked about it before when he came back in that Miami series and gave us that, you know, momentary boost, and he had the most impactful, I think it was 6.4 rebound yeah. for us this game or whatever the numbers were. But just if you were watching, it your eyes told you the story of what Hayward can mean to a team and so I think with him getting more opportunities in in Charlotte I was watching a few of their highlights from from last night before we hopped on here Um, didn't see a ton of of him in the in the highlights but um, I I think just him being their main go-to guy uh, he's got to have a chance to have a really nice season I don't know if it's going to be 30 million dollars nice but I think he's going to have a chance to have a really nice season and I you know he's a guy that at the beginning of this offseason, I fully expected him to pick up his option and come back to the Celtics at the $34 million rate. My man yep. went and got a bag for the long term. Can't can't hate him on that. Shouts but, to him, um, man. But looking at this roster, once again, you know, would love to have a guy like Gordon Hayward here, especially with that Kemba Walker injury and, and the lack of depth that we have. So Gordon Hayward, he's my number four. I, I could actually see him end up having an all-star season in Charlotte if he can stay healthy. That wouldn't surprise me at all. So... I got him at number four. Yeah, I, I think um, Hayward, you know, if, if I had known Siakam was more characterized as power forward, Hayward would definitely be on my list at number five. Um, so I, I think I think Hayward's great. I think the world of him, I think that, uh, you know, I, I don't think the all-star projection for him this year is, is too far. I think he's going to get them 
at least around the play-in game. You know, he, maybe there'll be yeah. a 10 or 11. I think he puts him in that 7 to 10, which, you know, once again, I, I don't like the whole 7 to 10 thing. But mm-hmm. I think he'll I think he'll be in that, you know, he'll at least be able to get Charlotte in that 9-10 conversation, and maybe he'll squeeze him into the playoffs. Yeah, and you're not going to see too many Gordon Hayward highlights this year. They're going to do all the LaMelo ball that they possibly can, despite him going, like, over 10 from the field or whatever he did. Can we just talk about that real quick? Because, like, so last night before I went to bed, I was checking Twitter, and that's why today I was like, I got to check out these Hornets highlights all over Twitter was LaMelo made two pretty nice – he made two really nice passes. Let me give him his his props on that. And I was like, damn, LaMelo must have balled out. Motherfucker was zero points, four assists. He had, like, he had 10 rebounds. He had 10 rebounds, which is which is impressive. But like, I was like, is this gonna be the whole damn season? And I, and I'm a Lamelo Ball hater. Full disclosure, I'm not high in it. Fully transparent. I would I would bet good money that I don't think Lamelo Ball is going to be a star in this league. Will he be okay. serviceable? Maybe. That that wouldn't surprise me. But is he gonna be a star in this league? No. And and, and to be honest, probably not super fair to him. But I'm just so freaking annoyed by his family and by product him without even really knowing anything about him that I'm actively rooting for the failure of LaMelo ball, which feels fucked up because he's like 17, but it is what it is. And yeah, I don't know. That just bothered me, but let's keep it moving here. For sure. I think we're on to number three for you now. Is that where we're at? Yeah, but I think it's your pick. Oh, that's right. Stays with me. My bad. My bad. Keep it here. So for me, for number three, this is another area where three and two, you could probably talk me into going either way. I've I've written it down and crossed it out twice. I got Jalen Brown at number three. JB's my number three. I think he's going to be number two by the end of the season, but I got him at three right now. We touched on a lot of the, the JB upside from last pot, so don't get to get too much into it, but just a really big season for JB. You know, does he need, need to be an all-star? To a degree, Yes. I mean, like like we talked about before, it's somewhat subjective if that actual, you know, classification happens and it really matters to his impact when it comes time to the playoffs. But JB does have to take that next step. There's a lot more offensive responsibility that's going to be on his shoulders for this season. Um, from what I've seen from the growth of JB, it doesn't it seems something that he's fully capable of. But, you know, him and Tatum, you know, he's not going to have, especially with Kemba out, he's not going to have as many people to lean on. So there's going to be a lot of times now where Tatum's, you know, getting a rest and JB is the number one, no doubt about it, no question, number one offensive focal point. And that will be new. That's not really something Mm -hmm. that he's had to do too much of, whether it's with Isaiah or Kemba or Kyrie or Haywood or Tatum. There's always been some sort of balance this year, especially with Kemba out. There's going to be a, there's going to be times where JB's that no doubt number one guy, and I'm very excited to see how he responds. Yeah, he's going to have a steep learning curve in that position, man, because he's he's had a lot of people to lean on, as you were just referring to. Um, you know, I had JB in the, uh, classified as a shooting guard, um, but I love JB. I think even more important to than his offense is how much he improves with his off-ball defense. You know, he's much maligned for his off-ball defense, mm-hmm. culminating in... sleep every now and then, yep. Yeah, culminating in that one play, you know, which wasn't necessarily his fault with the Ananobi shot, but, you know, he was definitely sunk in a little bit more into the paint than he needed to be for Ananobi to get that shot off. Um, but, you know, JB's one of the best on-ball defenders in the league. I love what he brings on defense. I love his consistency. I love how much he competes. Um, but he de- he definitely needs to just, like, lock in more. You know, when I was watching the Lakers against the Heat, KCP, um, who, you know, I didn't think much of at all going into the finals, he really impressed me with his off-ball defense and the way that he was able to chase those shooters around screens, which JB did not do a good job of doing. You know, so I think JB needs to get better off the ball, and if if he can take you know a mini a mini leap offensively and just get more consistent defensively, I think Jalen Brown's definitely going to be an All Star this year. Yeah, and, I, I would bet I would bet money that I think he's going to be. Like you said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Hayward's an All Star. I'm expecting JB to be an all-star this year and certainly a leap year for him. Yeah. And, and um, I, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of competition though. A lot of competition in the East. The East has gotten a lot better, but at number three, 
Um, once again, we probably have him classified different, but I have the other J. I got Jason Tatum at number three. I think, um, you know, listing him as a power forward is probably a stretch. Tatum's definitely much more of a three, in my opinion. Um, but this is the guy, man. You know, all of our hopes for this green 18 rest on the ever broadening shoulders of Jason Tatum. The, uh, um, the newly minted 6'10 Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's looking good, man. He's looking good. But when you see him next to Taco Fall, you know he's not 6'10". Uh, so he may, he may have been a tad overhyped coming into the bubble, considering he really only had that one super dominant stretch. Uh, you know, when he, he may be the best player in the league for that those two weeks or three weeks, whatever it was. You know, and he lived up to expectations for the most part. Um, but he just wasn't ready to lead the team to the finals. And I think that's okay. You know, he's only 19. So <laughs> long, long gone are the days where, you know, we also talk about like Tatum, like how does he not get 30 points? Like why is it so hard for Tatum to get 30 points? And now 30 points, like he's going to be the king of that 30-30 that you're, you've mm-hmm. been talking about. You know, I, I personally have him finishing second in the MVP voting this year because I think he's there's going to be so much um, on his shoulders to to do on both ends of the floor. So, you know, it, if the Celtics have team success, I would imagine it's going to be hand-in-hand hand with how successful Tatum is this year. So I think with a lot of other teams resting stars, um, I think Tatum's definitely going to be at least top five MVP votes this year, but I got him at number two. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it might be probably one or two years too early for that. But, you know, it, with all the extenuating circumstances right now with the, with COVID and all that, I think this is the year where he pushes his way into that uh, MVP conversation and definitely into first-team All-NBA conversation. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's crazy, you know. And if, if we're looking at the, you know, best possible scenario for this Celtics season, you know, right now we're talking about, about the Jays and our rankings. I, it's exactly what, you know, the scenario that we just laid out. Jalen Brown is a, is a 100% all-star. Jason Tatum, he's put himself in that first team all NBA top five MVP type category. That's 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 the you know the heights of which the Celtics team is going to reach. And we're gonna talk a lot about a lot of those, you know, pieces on the edge, whether it's where's Marcus Smart at, what can Jeff Teague bring, is Aaron Neesmith gonna do anything as a rookie, but ultimately where the Jays go is where the Celtics go. And that's that's the plan for the next four to five years. Just locked up those contracts, signed on the dotted line. Where they go, that's where the Celtics will, will ultimately fall and go. And, you know, I, I think Tatum, you got him at number two on your list. I have an idea. I, 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 got, I got him at number three. You got him at number three. My bad, my bad. I got him at number yeah. three. Okay, so interesting. So definitely we're going to have different small forward lists here at the top. Um, I did classify Tatum as that as that, as that that power forward. Um is it your turn or, or my yeah, turn? it's it's my turn. And real quick, I just want a quick plug to the uh, most recent blog post I put up. You know, as we are investing, you know, the next four to five years in Tatum and Brown. Um, you know, Marcus Smart. I, I'm advocating for him to be that starting point guard in in the absence of Kemba. Um, so if you haven't gotten a chance to check out uh, the Celtics Noise blog, uh, I'll definitely tweet out again a link to it. But I think I wrote a pretty good article just breaking down. Um, you know what you know the roller coaster of, of a ride it is that when you're cheering for Marcus Smart, you know, Marcus is just like the just like the F word, in my opinion. You can say fuck in a million different ways, just like you can say Marcus in a million different ways. Um so I, I think that it's it's a pretty good read for anybody out there looking for just more Celtics content and reading about how Marcus Smart should be the point guard moving forward for the Jays. Yeah. We gotta come up with a with a Marcus Smart tracker throughout the year. Like a roller coaster <laughs> tracker. I don't I don't I know love it. I love it. We, we gotta workshop this off screen, but that's something we gotta we gotta come up with to to follow throughout the season. I like it. I like it. So at number two, it's it's my pick right now. Um, as much as I don't want to admit it, bro, this this man this man completely changed the way that I thought about him as a player, and he outplayed um, Jason Tatum in the bubble. No, he didn't. But Jimmy Butler, uh, I got him at number two. You know, I, I went back and I watched a little bit of the Heat Celtics series. I looked at the stats. And, you know, the com- and I listened to uh, some of my commentary regarding Butler leading into um, that series. And, man, you, you know, he really didn't play that well against the Celtics. You know, I think he was the fourth leading scorer for them. And, like, mm-hmm. obviously he's their alpha dog. But Dragic and Adebayo and Hero, you know, if, if he doesn't have, the you know, a crazy game from each of those dudes – the Heat aren't beating the Celtics. It wasn't all on the shoulders of Jimmy Butler whatsoever. In the finals, that's where Jimmy Butler changed my perception of him. 
you know, I thought Tatum was the better player head-to-head in that series, but I don't necessarily know that Tatum could have done what Butler did against LeBron. Like, that was some impressive shit that he did against LeBron. I always kind of saw Jimmy Butler as, you know, a weight class below LeBron, just like I saw Marcus Smart as a weight class below Jimmy Butler. Marcus struggles against Jimmy, and I always kind of saw Jimmy struggling against the physicality of LeBron, but he bodied LeBron. He went to him. You know, he, he was really, really impressive in that finals. Um, so I got him at number two on the list, not by much. I think Tatum probably will overtake him in the number two spot in this conversation this year, but that's where I got Jimmy buckets. How about you? Yeah, man, Mr. Big Face Coffee. And I, and I totally agree with this, you know, <laughs> you got him at number two. No, no, he's, I, he's on my list. He, we'll, we'll get to him, but just, just a quick thought on, on Jimmy and just, you know, adding to, to what you said, you know, you're right in that Celtic series. If you look at the numbers and even, you know, different parts of the series, you, you would probably put Tatum above Jimmy. But then what Jimmy did in those finals, you know, I talked about this last time. I can't unsee what I've seen sometimes. And that really affects how I view certain players. And what I saw from Jimmy Butler in that finals, I can't unsee, you know, the way that he went toe to toe with LeBron without, you know, a healthy Bam Adebayo, without Goran Dragic, got Miami to two wins, kept them competitive, you know, not on the same scale, but there's similar comparisons to, you know, LeBron going up against the Warriors a couple years ago when Kevin Love was out, Kyrie got hurt after game one, and, you know, not necessarily apples to apples, but there's similarities to to what you were watching, and, you know, for for now, certainly, there's no way that I think you could, could put Jimmy you know, below Tatum, just based on on that right there. And so I, I have Jimmy on my list as well, so I'll save a little bit. Um, for me, number two, it's a guy that you already mentioned on your list. I got him as a small forward here, Chris Middleton. He's my number two. Him and JB, I really struggled on where I was going to go with each. I think JB will overtake Middleton. That's part of my predictions right now for this year, is that by the end of this year, I'll have JB above Middleton. But... I struggle with it, man. Pretty much, I mean, Middleton, you know, in under 30 minutes, 50, 40, 90, pretty much at, shot 49.7% from the field last year. So I'll go ahead and, and give it to him. He made two, I did the math. If he made two more shots, he would have been a technical 50, 40, 90 guy. Um, but, you did the math? You know, I did the math. I swear to God, man. <laughs> I did. I, I, I sat here. I figured out, what do I have to get to 50%? I figured out I had to add two more made field goals, and we get. Oh yeah, yeah, as long as long as we keep it to addition and subtraction, usually good with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we can't get two more advanced than that. That's that's not gonna happen. But no, with Middleton, man, like you said, I think if you're looking at who who is he really? I mean, he's a two time All Star. Should have been All NBA last year if it wasn't for some some of the weird voting structure that that the NBA has. But you know, I I'm with you in the sense that I think he's top of the line third guy that you would want on a real champ like top tier championship team not sure he's quite that number two i don't know if necessarily know if drew you mentioned drew holiday earlier i don't know that drew's necessarily that number two guy either Mm -hmm. i think they're actually for me they're both very similar in that the bucks now have one of the premier 1a guys in the league two-time mvp Giannis Antetokounmpo, and then they've got two of the top tier three guys yeah i I, I agree with that missing kind of a two i agree but but then again maybe you know like we saw the the lakers certainly didn't have a number three last year but they had two one a's and so it didn't matter that they didn't have a true number three so we'll, we'll see what that looks like but for me middleton you know he kills the celtics uh, I was actually pretty impressed, you know, just looking back at the bubble, our most recent sample size when Giannis went down and yeah, they only won one game, but he did pretty much will Milwaukee to at least that one win that they got from mm-hmm. the heat. I thought he was actually pretty impressive and having to step up and dude was exhausted in that one exhausted. game that they won. That's what I mean. And that, that showed me a lot. And once again, that's something I can't unsee. And that made me really respect Middleton's game, even though he's had some moments where he's fallen short, except for against the Celtics, yeah. uh, where he's fallen short in the playoffs. But, you know, I, I think Middleton is a guy that, you know, he's probably, it's been said too much that he's underrated now that I think he's probably at least properly rated yeah, he's probably at this rated. point and p- properly appreciated. Um, but Middleton's a dude that can straight up ball, you know, 40, 50, 90, plays solid defense, you know, Great guy that goes that compliments Giannis very well. Just mm-hmm. not sure he's that number two. Um, but like I said, him and JB are my two, three. I think that's going to flip by the end of the year. But I had Middleton at two. 
Okay. And so I'm assuming, I think it's your pick right now. So that means you got Jimmy Buckets at number one. So I got Jimmy Buckets at number one. You know, we already talked about it a little bit here. It's not necessarily the numbers that jump out to you 26 and six, where his averages last year, obviously very good. But one of the things that really sticks out to me, you know, after watching Jimmy and having him just completely kind of, you know, warp my mind as to how I view some of the top players in this league. Because like you, same. I always thought there was this, you know, there's LeBron. And then right below LeBron or, you know, as close to LeBron as you can be, there's like Kawhi and KD. And then Giannis is kind of in that group too. And then below that was like Jimmy Butler, Paul George, and a few others that, you know, hey, they're the, they're the closest, they're the next best option if you're trying to go up against those guys. I'd rather have them than rely on a rotation of, you know, Trevor Ariza, Semi Ojale, and Mo Harkless or some shit like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, like, I'd rather, you know, I mean, those guys are not going to overtake them, but they're going to do their best to hold their own. And Jimmy surpassed my vision of that. But then you talked about, you know, his impact in that Celtics series. I think him being able to even step to the side and allow Dragic bam hero to have the impact they did in a weird way it's his own you know it's his own one of his best his own best asset as a superstar that he can take that step back and not be like yo i'm not the one getting the buckets but if you remember in a lot of those crunch times whether it was defensively or offensively he did then insert himself very meaningfully into those games i think it was either game one or game two where he drew the fouls and took the ball to the rack and scored the last four points for the heat and then in one of their other wins, he was making defensive plays. Yeah, that that one play, bro, where he – I think it was a baseline out of bounds for the Celtics, and we tried to like a pass over the top to JB, mm-hmm. and he just like knocked JB out of the way and saved the ball and, and sprinted down the court and got the layup. Like those types of plays are what make Jimmy Butler such a unique superstar in yep. the league. It's like you know people call him Jimmy Buckets, but it's like more like Jimmy doesn't always need to get the buckets. Like exactly, he, he's that dude that just like allows his other teammates to believe in themselves as long as they're they have the same mentality as him. Because he sure as hell didn't do that anywhere else he was at. It's just like with the Miami Heat, like that Heat culture, and he's able to be around these other dogs that just want to want want to bark and want to bite. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Butler encourages that shit. And then, yeah, you know, one, and he's not. If he's leading the pack, if he's leading the pack, all the other dudes are going to follow and then they're going to swarm. And I, and I, and you know, I mean, I look back on it and I'm really curious to see what Philly looks like this year with Simmons and Embiid and now their team makes a little, like last year was a disaster. So I, can, I, I feel like just throw that out. This year, their team's going to make a little bit more sense. But you think back to them going to game seven against the Raptors, you know, Jimmy was going up against Kawhi. And like I said, yeah. Kawhi is one of those guys that if LeBron's at the apex, Kawhi and KD are the next two guys where I'm like, you know, if I got to go up against LeBron, those two guys and Giannis, like those are the three that I really need. Now Jimmy, you know, has, has inserted himself into that conversation. And, you know, those are two of his last, the last two guys to beat Jimmy are Kawhi and LeBron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he went and went to Game Seven, and he dragged a Miami team that was injured to as close as it could go. And that image of Jimmy in the bubble, leaning over, just purely mm-hmm. exhausted after one of, honestly, one of the greatest games I've I've, I've ever seen someone play. I know that sounds a mm-hmm. little bit hyperbolic, but I was jaw was on the floor watching. Jimmy it was Butler like him, that game and that then LeBron's J.R. Smith game. It was like exactly. the two best Finals games I've ever watched. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And so, you know, that image just sticks with me. And, you know, you said it, Jimmy's a superstar. He's a unique, very unique superstar that that has a skill set that is undo his own. Coffee, that's all his. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Jimmy Buckets, <laughs> he's number one on my list right now. Uh, we still got to do your number one, though. And let's yeah. see if we classify and, here. And, bro, that, that, and this, is, this is what I was saying, right? This is what I was saying. I was like, all right, if, we're, if we have – pods that we got to do we got three more positions to get through in my head i'm like most of the best forwards are all small forwards you know i was like we don't really there aren't that many good power forwards as you can see by my list right i'm classifying all these people as small forwards and a lot of them are going to be in the next pod for your power forward list so i'm imagining this dude's listed as a power forward but it's it's kd okay yeah i mean i if that's KD how you're classifying him, then I got no problem with that. That's for sure. That's, that's what I would do. The so, same. like, yeah. m- most of the guys on my list, a small forward is just going to be your list, I would imagine, for power There's forward. A, pod, I, have, right? I have my list right next to me of what I've started to do research on. Yeah, there'll be a lot of crossovers. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> right. That, that's kind of what my argument was. Like, well, why don't we just do this in one pod? Um, but, yeah, KD, you know, that dude, my God. Like if he's if he's what he was before the Achilles and you know John Wall looked pretty good the other night 
So um, it's not it's not to say that he can't come back, especially when you're that elite level athleticism and then, you know, all the advancements in medicine now. If KD can be 95% of the dude that he was, he's still going to be better than everybody in the league except for LeBron James. And I almost forgot about him. I'm not going to lie, bro. Like, as, when I was making while, this man. list, when, yeah, when I was making the list, Jimmy Butler was number one for me at first. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, I just like pulled up a list of the teams. I was like, oh shit, KD. Like he, he's got to be number one on my small forward list. He's the best in the league when he when he's healthy. Um, you know, so I'm I'm expecting Durant and the Nets to be top of the conference from day one. And they look, I don't know if they're gonna make the trade that everyone's expecting them to make. So like, are we gonna see this super deep team that has Dinwiddie and Levert as well? Like that's that's an absolute squad if they can figure out a way to make that work. And if Kyrie doesn't just like run the ship into an iceberg. Did you uh did you happen to watch the Instagram uh or Twitter video that I sent you of of KD and, and Kyrie talking on IG live last night? Not yet. No, I'm going to. So I recommend for anyone listening to go ahead and check that out. It's it's been floating around the internet if you haven't seen it yet, but it's kind of them going over, you know, offensive strategy and there there's certainly not any animosity in it. I don't know how much of it was performative, but uh, let's just say that they weren't necessarily already on the same page. Really? Um, you know, Kyrie was doing his, in a past life, I was like you, I'm long, I'm rangy, my feet work is, impe- is impeccable. And, you know, I'm thinking like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm under the bucket getting hoops. And, and then at one point KD's like, well, you know, I don't know if for our team, our offensive team continuity, I necessarily think it's great for our point guard to be underneath the hoop all the time. And then Kyrie's like, yeah, but what about if I got, you know, with these eight post-ups a game, you know, like eight post-ups is like something I could really be working with because I don't think anybody can can guard me. And KD was like, I thought we negotiated two and a half. And the half, <laughs> and the half is I just throw it to you and you kick it back out to me. And then and then Kyrie just, I don't know, Kyrie just keeps going on his rant and essentially KD got to a point where he was just giving, all right, next question, let's move on. Like, let's yeah. move on type answer. Man. So disconnect already i don't know Ky- maybe. Kyrie, like we knew we were, we were texting in our group chat with uh teddy and lip and i i haven't responded yet because I, I don't really know like the best way to phrase it because i i think Kyrie, man you know with his most recent comments about the media and everything more and more to me it just sounds like he has like a personality disorder like it's just like undiagnosed I mean, you're, not the, or... you're, not, you're not you're not the first to speculate that i know um I, i'm i believe it's windows who you know obviously has okay. followed lebron very closely yeah um, talks a lot about, you know, LeBron Kyrie's relationship in Cleveland. I know he's, whether he's said it directly or just kind of hinted at it through context is that that's kind of what he thinks it, it feels like with, with Kyrie. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe, maybe he's just a different cat. I don't know. Ky- Kyrie's I, I, yeah, not a... I don't want to speculate on someone's mental health or anything like that, but like there are some times where you know, Kyrie, I'm like, how you're so personable, man. You're so charismatic. And like, when you're not talking about like the craziest shit ever, where it just sounds like you took mushrooms for the first time, or you took acid <laughs> for the first time. And now you're like, oh, shit, I understand everything about the fucking universe, bro. Like, it's like, come on, Kyrie, like, are you that immature? Like, you know, I, I feel like he's one of those dudes where like, it's really easy for a brilliant person to play dumb, but it doesn't work the other way around. If you're if you're if you're not a brilliant person, and you try to pretend to be brilliant. That shit ain't gonna work. Everyone's gonna yeah, like that. That usually oh, doesn't go boss. very well. Yeah, and like, you know that's that's why we that's why we keep it very average intelligence here <laughs> at Green with Envy. Feel Anybody me? can follow along with this podcast. <laughs> you don't need a PhD. You don't need the third eye. You don't need to be part of a cult. You can no. everybody should follow along with us. Yeah, bro, we do addition. We do simple addition. You know, all we got to do is add a couple numbers, do quick division. And, bro, what are you talking about? Last last pod, you referred to yourself as not a very smart man. You didn't know the apex predators. You're, you're talking about the apex like five minutes back on the pod. You were just talking about people being at the apex. You know what an apex predator is. Don't don't sell yourself short, bro. I did, I did some reading. I did some reading. <laughs> no, so, no but, but, but swinging just back to, to KD, bringing this full circle, I think – you know, how long is, is, is K, I mean, KD and Kyrie went there together. So like you said, Kyrie's mm-hmm. super personable. People around the NBA like him. They're there for a reason. How long is, is that, you know, is that going to 
is that going to last? And you know, hasn't even started yet, actually. So <laughs> hasn't even started yet. And I'm yeah. asking, how long is it going to last? Um, yeah, that'll that'll be a fun a fun storyline to follow. You know, and I, I I'm I'm love I'm loving us doing this Banner 18 Green 18 series that we're doing. That's going to wrap up the small forwards, um, which is basically the power forwards for Will next week. Yeah. Well, hey, hey, your list is going to be totally different, man. I, I don't totally... even know who to put on it. I'm going to have like friggin' Julius Randle and Bobby Portis on it. Two mixed guys. You, you're, we're, I know. You're, we're going to have a lot of uh, Cavs and Pistons talk coming from. Oh, my from, God. Yeah, we're going to have the entire <laughs> everybody that the Pistons brought in in the offseason is going to be my freaking <laughs> list, man. <laughs> Jaleel Okafor coming in at number five. No, man, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll hit the power forward next week be a lot of guys on my list that you heard from coach greg this week we'll see who else makes his list that'll be part four we'll also be recapping and pointing out anything that we noticed over this past week celtics basketball ubuntu we back this week preseason a week from wednesday the actual season will begin in the 2021 season is for sure and we'll, we'll definitely, you know, you and I can talk about this off air, but, you know, for everyone listening, we'll definitely have some more uh, frequent pods throughout the year as, as, as the games become more frequent. Um, so, you know, in this offseason, we've been doing once a week. So we'll probably try to go to twice a week when the season starts. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it, man. So I, just to recap real quick, you were looking, who were you looking for watching the preseason games this week? I was looking for the Williams brothers. Yep, I'm looking at the young guys. I'm looking to okay. see who's gonna pop from our from our from our baby daycare bench that we got. All right, all right, all right. Well, that's gonna do it, and we're gonna have uh, my band Black Sheep Optimist play you out with our new track Skywalking. Uh, be- How is it that I never seen the stars in your eyes? A glimpse of what I miss it, think it is a mirage. Ooh, you got me tripping, and it's hard to describe. But I stay for a minute, cause I'm digging the vibe. I like the way you're looking at the look in my eyes. Don't be catching feelings when it's only your vibe. Don't know what the deal is, I'm a typical guy. You know the one thing different is the state of your mind. I'm like, oh my, my, someone throw me a rope. I'm getting too damn high, need to know what could flow. We can call it a vibe, it's probably all that she wrote. But I'll be doing this, you follow if I didn't have hope. Cause you know that that embodied, that's what go with the flow. I can sing a different song if I cannot hit the notes. You had me taking off and you took off your clothes. I should be coming down by now, but I won't. <laughs>